The man they call Hot Rod, Rod McSwain. He joins us to talk UFC. G'day, mate. How you doing? Uh, yeah, good, boys. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. You haven't had to put together a Barbie dream house at any point yet, have you? Uh, not just yet, mate. I got a I got a three year old sitting in the sitting in the lounge playing with some um, some blocks and stuff. So we're safe on that front. Yeah, safe for now, mate. <laughs> safe for now, Rod. Um, uh, how how much did you enjoy UFC two ninety six uh, UFC two ninety six yesterday? It was uh, it's one of the better cards of the year, I think. Man, there's been a few good cards, but um, yesterday was was full on. A few surprises, bro, and a few pretty crazy knockouts, and no, it was just enjoyable all around. My uh, my my highlight. I, we we have a thing here called simply the best, where we talk about our, uh, our 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 best moment of the weekend. My best moment of the weekend was Josh Emmett's knockout of Bryce Mitchell. Um, how scary was that shot? Far out, uh, Southpaw Orthodox, bro. You always got to watch out. Um, with that right hand or left hand down the middle. So, um, and Josh Emmett, I guess you could kind of compare him to uh, Dan Henderson. He's got the H bomb. He's got that. He's got that right hand straight down the middle, bro. So, fire. That was pretty scary. I didn't. I thought. I thought um, the grappler would get him down and and deal with him to the ground, but man, he just couldn't do it, bro. When you when you look at the the card, Rod, do you think the results were right in the end? Uh, Pantoja getting up over Royval. You got Ramavon. Uh, Rachmanov taking over Wonderboy Thompson. You had Pimblet take a beating Tony Ferguson, and then you had the the battle of the night. Leon Edwards taking down the grub Kobe Covington. Yeah, yeah, there was a few up and comers, and then um, and they succeeded. Eh? They beat the older dogs. So Wonderboy and um, Rachmanov, that was man, that was a pretty good first round from from Wonderboy and Rachmanov. As soon as he got him to the ground, I thought. Wonderboy would be able to... He hasn't been submitted in the UFC, Wonderboy, so I thought, man, he, he might be able to fight through these submissions. He got out of the first choke, and then uh, he got back to his feet, and then second time, uh, Rachmanov put it on him and got him in that second round, and that that's pretty incredible for, for a newcomer to come up and do that to Wonderboy. Uh, Woodley couldn't put him away. A few other guys, they could put him down, but they couldn't uh, submit him. Gilbert Burns... And um, even uh, Muhammad as well, but um, Rachmanov managed to put him away. So that's a that's a massive tick in the box for him, being able to deal with the stand up, put him on the ground, and ultimately put him away, which no one's been able to do. So that's a uh, watch out for that guy for a potential title contention in the future. Yeah, I thought Wonderboy probably submitted a little bit early. He only had like seven seconds to hold on till you get to the. Get to the bell and then and then go again. Was was that lock pretty tight? You know, he had no way out. Man, I think uh, we heard the ten second bell, and I think the squeeze was already on quite tight. And I, I'm I'm like you, I was the same. I thought, oh well, maybe he'll just go out and um, yeah. or just try and hold on to that to that last bell. I've I did the same in in a sparring session with uh, Dan Hangman Hooker. I had ten seconds left. So I thought, ah, oh, bugger, I'm going to try and take him down. I took him down. He had a choke on. And I thought, ah, oh, surely I'll be able to hold on. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm waking up. Yeah, I'm, someone's, BJ Bland's trying to wake me up. Wake up, Rod, what happened? And I thought, oh, man, bugger, I've, I've, I've got first time I've ever been put to sleep. So um, I guess the, yeah. the squeeze is tight, bro. Rachmanov, he's got a hell of a squeeze. And I think Wonderboy was already holding on for five to ten seconds. And we generally, when we squeeze, we hold it for 10 seconds, and it, it only takes seven to put someone to sleep. So after that, um, 
you're either tapping or or you're up. And okay. he, he was taking a he was taking a bit of punishment before then, so maybe it was just a way out for him, man. It was didn't look too nice. Yeah, it didn't look too nice, and I thought, oh, okay, he's just giving in. But look, I've never been in that situation. If you're saying it only takes seven seconds to go to sleep, well, he was pretty much near asleep because that grip wasn't uh, locked in for for a long time. Alexandra Puntoja uh, taking on Brandon Royval. You think stand-up Royval had the money, but went to the ground, lost the, the ground and pound. Was there an opportunity to, to try and keep it on his on, on the feet? I think his takedown defence was, was lacking from Royval. Yeah, you're you're on the money. He um, if you can't defend one or two takedowns back to back, the the more flashy stand up guy, he, it's gonna he's gonna struggle all night. I think Pantoja was taking him down at will every round and just mm. holding him down for a good minute and then getting back up. And even Pantoja was landing the the bigger the bigger strikes. He wasn't landing mm. as many, but he'd lead lead with that uh, right hand. He'd lead that body because it's orthodox versus southpaw. So whenever it's an open stance like that, we lead with the right hand and we lead with the right kick. And that right kick was just was was money. And when he when he was under pressure, you just resort to the takedown and hold him down for a while and, and win the round. I guess in that last that last round, Royval did really well. Um but it was just not enough pop in those shots. You know, nothing was hurting yeah. Pantoja. Yeah. And Pantoja Pantoja's got a funny way, he looks like he's tired, but mm, he can yeah. still he can still explode. He looks like he's. Everyone says, "Oh, he's gassing, he's gassing." But he did that against Brandon, and um, man, he just, you know, I think his his IQ is just a lot higher than most of the roster at um at flyweight at the moment. He just he he'll take you down when you want to strike, and when you want to grapple, he'll he'll make you make you strike. So um, he, he's pretty good at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you've done quite a bit of work uh, with the CKB boys, mate. Do you, do, you, do you sit down and watch something like that and think, hmm, what does Kaikata France need to do to beat one of these guys? I mean, how just how far away do you think he is and what, what would you have learned from watching that? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was having a think about that yesterday. And um, see, the big thing with um, big thing with the boys, the element that, that CKB has that the others don't so much is is the game planning. So you got you got quite a few coaches. You got Mike Huge, you got Twist, you got Andre, and they, they watch a lot of tape of um, their opponents and they game plan to suit. So you think about Kai's uh, last fight against that um that Russian kid who kept trying to take him down and Kai just wouldn't give it to him. You know, and even and even his, his last fight where it was quite controversial, he sh- he probably should have won that fight and then he won. gone through to a he definitely won that fight. So um so so Kai's right up there. And Kai's already fought um I think he's fought Pantoja at the in the Ultimate Fighter. And that was a tough fight. But this is Kai um without the CKB corner, without the right prep he was prepping in the ultimate fighter in the house. So um yeah, Pantoja's come a long way, but I think Kai has grown the most in that division. And um his fight against Brandon where he caught that it was a, he was winning the fight. And he caught that body yep. kick, and yeah, fair enough, you know, he caught it. But um, if that didn't happen, Kai was ahead on the cards, and that would have been very interesting. So I think Kai's right up there with, with the top five, or he is in the top five, and he's right up there with title contention. 
Hopefully we can see him have another crack because I was watching that too. And man, those flyweights can move, and, and they've got endurance and, and ability to stay in the fight for the for the five rounds. Let's look at the main event: Leon Edwards taking on Colby Covington. Do you reckon Colby Covington was was concussed? If he had any inkling, he thought he won that. <laughs> oh, he's 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 a bit of a delusional. Who's the, who's he reminds me of? Um, Charles Sonnen. He's a, he's a it was a bit of an anti-climax for me because I'm a I'm mm. a fan of the the athlete. I'm a fan of Colby's fighting style. Move forward, pressure, talk rubbish, um, and just put that relentless pressure. And he's the, he's broken down so many guys with that, and he just couldn't get out of first gear. Was with, he scared? Um, Leon Edwards. It's it's tough. See, Edwards came out orthodox. So um, uh, what's his name? He wasn't prepared for that. You know, Colby was Colby was prepared Southpaw, Southpaw. This whole camp he would have trained for a Southpaw. Um, with Southpaw comes a different uh, different weapons, comes that body kick, comes that left hand down the pipe. But um, he didn't he didn't face that in round one, two, and three. Mm. And what he did face though was that relentless leg kick, um, the teep the teep the front kick down the middle. See what happens when someone fires a hard front kick down the middle? It really puts you off changing levels or or entering for a takedown. Because you try and you switch levels, and they time the front kick. You eat it straight to the face. So, um, so Leon's corner definitely did their homework there. I think Colby could have taken a lot more risks. He was playing it a little bit too safe on the outside, and his leg was just getting chopped up. And by the time he did start moving forward in that fourth and fifth round, and I think he won the fifth round, it was just too late. We needed the fifth round Colby right in the first round because um, Leon did start to gas, but it was just too little, too late, man. Yeah, the thing I thought about Colby was, uh, and and as he touched on it before, was you know he he came out and said some stuff about Leon's dad, obviously that rocked Leon right up, and I think he felt like he might have crossed the line because when they did the face off, he was saying I was in character, I was in character, and he looked scared <laughs> of Leon Edwards, and that's what I thought happened when he got in the in the octagon. Do you did you see that, or or, or are we imagining things? Yeah, I think. The thing with Colby is, in, in mixed martial arts, a lot of his opponents, they're, they're high-level strikers, they're high-level wrestlers, but no one really posed the knockout threat like Leon did. Um, Leon was dangerous. See, against, against uh, Jorge Masvidal, Colby only had to worry about hard punches and, you know, hard punches against Usman. Usman's got a really hard jab and good forward wrestling. None of those guys kick hard. He, he he didn't eat any leg kicks from well, from Usman or or George. Come up against Leon, man. Leon's a he's a he's a high level striker. He's right up there with with Israel. He's he's right up with the top guys. So um mm. he he really had to be cautious on the outside. And you eat a few kicks or you eat a few punches early on, man. You get gun shy. Eh? You, it, it really puts you off entering in until you until you eat a few and you. And you move forward, and it's not so bad. And he needed to land some to give him the confidence to move forward. But he just wasn't landing on the outside. You're not going to win a fight on the outside against Leon. You're not going to win a fight on the outside against Israel. You need to move forward. But in order to move forward, you got to you got to risk it. You got to risk, bro. You know. But if you don't <laughs> risk it, you lose a decision on the outside. And then um and then that was that. That was why it was a bit of an anticlimax for me. But but credit to Leon. Far out. What a game plan and. And he looked, he looked good in there. He didn't look at trouble at any time. And, and even, how about his takedowns, though? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was opportunities there when Colby was trying to take him down. He defended it uh, relatively well. He made a few mistakes in the in the clinch and uh, tried to go for for a few opportunities that nearly cost him in the end. But um, I want to talk to you about the partnership with the WWE UFC. Uh, do you feel like this characterised entertainment, the marketing ploy, is all coming from the WWE background? I just yeah, I just I was just watching something this morning and with uh, Strickland and Duplessis in the, mm. in the crowd and people are suggesting that could be a be a ploy from the WWE. Um, I'm, yeah, uh, we all enjoyed WWF growing up. Um, I mm. guess as we get older, the, the UFC tends to provide that bit more of a realism and we yeah. do like a respectful and, and humble champion and, and then you've got the likes of, I don't know, you got the you got the heel, you got Chael, you got Colby, and we don't mind a bit of that as well when mixed in with McGregor. I guess yeah. if we know if it's too obvious and we we know that they're actually trying to be in character and not be their genuine self, it just takes away a little bit. Um, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm kind of I'm on the fence with this because I I do like the respectful champion, your Khabib, your George St Pierre, mm. but. Mm. I, I do love the entertainment factor that Israel, uh, Connor also bring to the um, to the sport, which which just get, um, gains more fans, whether they're casual fans, hater fans, or, or fans of the sport. You know, that's all. It's all good for the sport and ultimately for the athletes to just increase their pay. Because I'm all about that, man. I'm all about the athletes getting a bit more money, getting what they deserve, and even with Ngannou and what he's done. You know, so um. I don't think you need the the ploy element that WWE mm. presents because some of these guys, their characters themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, mate, because yeah, we've definitely seen, uh, it feels like it's ramped up anyway, and we're seeing more of it. Uh, maybe they're just trying to sell fights harder. I don't know. Uh, but can you get your thoughts too on, on Wonderboy? Uh, he's 39 now. He lost that uh, that fight to uh, Rockmanov. Uh, and, and Tony Ferguson didn't really fire too much against Paddy Pimlet. I, I see Dana White suggested that Tony Ferguson, he'd like to see Tony Ferguson retire now. What do you reckon? Those guys got much time left? You there, Rod? I, th- I, thought, I, felt, I thought I felt him drop out. Well, he might have dropped out. He might have lost him. Mm. might have lost him. But, yeah, I mean, that was interesting. When Dana White is uh, coming out, head of the UFC, and saying, I'd like to see Tony Ferguson mm. retire, I think as a fighter, you've got to go, oh, okay. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if, you know, you're playing day, Steve Hans comes out and goes, you know, I'd really like to see Israel Dag retire after that performance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, something that would happen, right? He's just right between the eyes as Dana White. I think you you want honesty. And as an athlete, you want to continue on forever. But the reality is sport is ever-evolving and age is a number that always changes every single year and it gets harder. You wish you could be able to do the things you could do as a young player, but you can't. Um, For Tony Ferguson, like he put it all out there. David Goggins in his corner, he traded the house down. He's up against a young guy, Paddy the Baddy, Pimblet, and he just, he looked a little off, a little bit slow. Uh, He didn't really offer too much. You could see the determination in his face and his eyes, but the reality is he was getting picked apart. And Paddy the Pimlet just took him to the ground, dominated the ground, and and, and caught him with a few flush ones in the, in the first round. So yeah, look, age is, is a factor. Dana White knows, and I'm sure these these fellas, these athletes, particularly in the fight game, they they want to have a longevity for life. Post this, and when you continue to get punched in the head, 
that shortens that life expectancy. So you've got to make those decisions, put your ego to the side, and I'm sure they will. And Dana White's probably just looking out for them, protection of, of their long longevity in life. Yeah, uh, yeah. so thanks to Rod McSwain. He just uh, texted me. Yeah, he said, cheers, Rod. He said, sorry, bro, connection just dropped out. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you, bro. He um, was awesome. Yeah, mate. Great chat. Yeah, great chat. He's, he knows the ins and the outs. He had, a, he had a pro career himself, and he works with the CKB boys training them. Uh, tell you, if you want to go back and watch a fight from that uh, from the prelims, because sometimes they replay those, Irina Aldana versus Carol Rossa. Oh, hell. I watched that. That was a bloodbath. Yeah, woman's been wiped ch- out. Those women can slap, can't they? They can. That one fight of the night, that Mm. fight, that was a great fight. And I'll tell you, Cody Garbrandt as well, knocking up Brian Kelleher. It'd be great to see Cody Garbrandt back. Yeah, that was good because I remember when uh, Kai Kata France knocked him out. Yeah. Absolutely demoted him. So Cody Garbrandt is back. He lost the last couple, and uh, he he came back in in pretty um, confident fashion. Yes. Confident fashion? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that's fair to say. Convincing yeah. fashion. And con- convincing yeah. fashion. Definitely convincing.